Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Big Ten uh, Hoops Weekly Podcast. Uh, we are here with you on January 2nd, wishing you all a happy, happy New Year and happy, happy 2022. As the calendar flips to New Year's here, you know what that means. We're solely forging ahead um, with a full slate of conference-only games for the most part. Um that the Big Ten season will feature for the rest of the season here until we get to postseason play. So I know I'm super excited about that. Brett, how are you? How are you feeling about that? You know, Steve, it's funny you ask because I am as we as the, you know we flip towards uh, only Big Ten games. I am now eagerly looking for anything that is the basketball version of Wisconsin's final drive from the Las Vegas Bowl, where they ended the game. They got the ball back with 10 minutes left, ended the game with the ball, not giving up possession, not scoring, kneeling down. That's Big Ten football. It's Big Ten basketball season. I'm excited. All right. Well, we don't usually cross over and talk very much football, but I, I hope you entertained that 15-second foray into <laughs> a sport that called, that's called football that some of us um, may watch, some of us may not. Um, anyway, as as we do each episode, we'll, we'll take you through uh, the games that happened in the past week and give you a preview of the juicy juicy conference slate that we have coming up in the kind of first full week of january here Uh, but first to to the week that was so before new year's uh, not too much in the uh in the realm of notable games in the big 10 most of the conference um or at least most of the conference that was playing notched win uneventful wins over um inferior opponents I think really the only one that was close was Wisconsin's tight game against Illinois State. Um, but really, Brett, maybe you have a, a thing or two you want to say on that. I don't know that I have much from at least the, the, the cupcakes that were earlier in the week. Yeah, you know, that was that was an odd game. Um, I Once once we, uh, Wisconsin went up 20 points, uh, kind of end of the first half, beginning of the second half, I kind of figured it was uh, pretty much a done deal. But Illinois State's got, got a... a, a a really good player in Reeves who had 23 on the night. And for the second half, they really couldn't miss. I think part of it is due to this kind of the defensive struggles on Wisconsin's end, not closing out on shooters, not really forcing a lot of turnovers. And that's emblematic of both a, a COVID stop and kind of a a couple things too, that, you know, Wisconsin fans were worried about as uh, in the, in the couple games preceding that. Um, So, but also if, if you had told Wisconsin fans that they scored 89 points, uh, without Brad Davis and having having much of an offensive impact, and with Johnny Davis shooting, I believe six for 22, uh, they'd be at least relatively excited about the offensive end. So I think I think seeing the emergence of of Stephen Crowell and Chucky Hepburn is is a huge positive. Crowell led the, the Badgers with 21 points uh, and and hit a couple timely threes down the stretch. But uh, you know this this team is always going to be built on its ability to stop. Uh, to, to get defensive stops. And if, if that, uh, if that has magically vanished, uh, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Yeah. Zooming out. I don't know that I put too much stock into this game. Um, if you're a Wisconsin fan, um, just given the nature of when it took place, um, the Illinois state does have a moderately explosive offense, um, which, you know, is the kind of team that can catch, I think, Wisconsin off guard, especially when they're sleepy. We'll, we'll see if Illinois State turns into a player in the Missouri Valley um, as the season goes on. Not not quite sure about that, but not not really any, I think, major red flags there. The other kind of pre-conference game of the week that maybe I'll kind of take is 
um, UCF and Michigan, we talked about this game as, as kind of being one to watch um, in our last podcast. And, and it was it was definitely that um, it was kind of a, a competitive game in the first half. Um, pretty good environment down there in Orlando. Uh, lots of Michigan fans there. Lots of um, UCF fans as well. It was a surprisingly um, good environment, given that it took place on the 30th when you know, most of the students weren't there. Um, and UCF manhandled uh, Michigan, uh, especially in the second half there. I think as we've seen with Michigan in some of their road games to start the year, um, you know, they, they can kind of, Hunter Dickinson can keep them in the game and they can kind of keep the, the pace and tempo in their favor early on. But I don't know that I've seen a team shoot as well against Michigan from three. Um, really over the course of the Jawan Howard area, as this UCF team did, they shot 60% um, from three. Um, Green and Mahan combined to go 12 of 16, which is kind of outrageous. They scored 27 and 26, respectively. Um, and, and Michigan really had no answer. So I know from that perspective, it was a little bit of an outlier's performance. But at the end of the day, this gets chalked up to a loss for the Wolverines. And they roll into the new year at seven and five um, with really their best win of the year um, coming arguably against San Diego State or, or UNLV on a neutral site. I mean, this is a team, I think, you know, we we had them kind of top quartile of the conference. And, and this is really the one that we were wrong about i think for the most part in our previews right brett yeah no i i had them i had them finishing second in the conference and obviously you know there's a lot of time to turn stuff around um but i you you just have to ask how that's going to happen um and you, like you said dickinson dickinson is still a, an incredible player uh eli brooks is a steady hand but uh, everyone else is just inconsistent at best and that's not going to get you get you a lot of wins especially uh, in in a league where we've we've seen time and time again that guard play is so 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 important. So we'll we'll pay attention to Michigan. You know, I think the thing I'll say is, you know, yeah, seven and five. I mean, they're gonna have to do some work in conference to even make a formidable case to the committee that they're a kind of legitimately deserve a, a spot. Um, they'll have those opportunities for sure. Um, but you know, we'll see. It's a young team. You know, there's still a lot of time left. Guys are still carving out their roles. And there's always opportunities in the Big Ten um, schedules. And we've seen over the last couple of years, I mean, teams 19 and 14, you know, finding their way in. We've seen a bias towards power conference bubble teams as opposed to low majors. So as a as the, the Big Ten faithful will have to kind of keep their eyes on Michigan because that was not a team that I think the conference was expecting to not make the tournament. If they want to be like a 9-10 big bid league, Michigan's going to need to find a way in, in my opinion, to make that happen. Um, so moving to the conference slate, which started on Sunday here, we'll, we'll talk you through the Sunday games um, quickly. So um, it was actually a pretty competitive slate of games for like the first official 2022 day of conference play. Um, let's start in Evanston where Michigan State, with a tough, tough win over Northwestern, you know, I think we were expecting this to kind of be a, a tight game. But you look up all of a sudden, Michigan State's 3-0 in conference play. They're a top-10 team. We didn't really have them bucketed as being kind of this much of a Tom Izzo-like team, you know, at this point in the year. But, I mean... This is as, as good a win as, as you can get, I think, to start off the season against what looks to be like an upstart Northwestern team. 
Yeah. And I, I think, uh, yeah, first of all, I liked your description of, you know, close games, not necessarily good games. Cause this one, I, you, each team had their moments. Uh, the refs kind of took control of it down the stretch, which you never really like to see. It looked like there was a foul every possession, kind of the last five minutes of the game, which, and it, it they didn't look particularly egregious. So it, it was definitely, uh, you know, killed the flow of the game somewhat. Um, but you know, Northwestern really threw all that they, all that they could at Michigan state in the first half. Uh, they were, I believe they were up by seven at halftime. Um, and it, it, you know, they were really leaning on their defensive, on their defense to, to get them to that point. Um, and then Michigan state just kind of found their stroke in the second half. I think, uh, what Gabe Brown hit, Gabe Brown hit three threes in this, in the second half, um, and really kind of took control offensively finishing with 20 points. But it really did look like for for a while that Northwestern was was really hanging tough. They were you know pretty much even across the boards and did a really good job limiting limiting Michigan State in transition. So I, I think that you know we had we had been kind of back and forth on this Northwestern team because they really hadn't played that many people or and they had of that of that you know schedule their their losses were against the more competitive teams they've they've faced and you know we've we've seen this exact move out of Northwestern before too, but. You know, there's a lot to like on this team. I, I, I think they, they had a really even distribution of scoring today, and, uh, you know, Pete Nance obviously fouled out, which was not, not super helpful, uh, down the stretch to kind of find a way to manufacture offense. But there is a lot to like about this team. And then in, I guess what I'd call an upset, the Penn State <laughs> depends on what you depends on what you think of as an upset these days. I guess like they, they were, uh, they were underdogs per per Las Vegas. I, I, I'm going to call it an upset. I think we're going to call it an upset, if for anything, just given the unrealistic expectations that Hoosier fans kind of have about their um, team. I don't know if you saw what um, Indiana Twitter did after the game, but I think uh, they definitely would have considered this an upset. Um, yes. Look, I, I feel like we sound like a broken record with this Hoosier team. I mean, it, it's it's Trace Jackson Davis, and then, you know, what else is there? So, you know, from my perspective, Penn State did a good enough job um, making life difficult for him. 20 points on 18 shots, so not kind of a super effective uh, Trace Jackson Davis game. But like the the whole key to Indiana really being able to do anything is like, what do they do with um, the supporting crew, particularly in their ability to to space the floor? They only shot 24% from three. Um, in this game. And, you know, that's not going to travel well in any environment, even if we're talking about um, state college, which, you know, was a get this, this was a gettable game for Indiana. And frankly, like Penn State had a 10 point lead, you know, at one point in this half, um, it, it closed to finish at a little bit tighter of a margin. But I don't really know, like, this really makes me second guess, like, when you look at Indiana, you know, you see them blow the big lead to, you know, Wisconsin to start the year. I mean, is this going to turn ugly quickly here in, in, in Bloomington? It sort of has the the makings of something that, that could. Um, and, you know, just like I, just like I just mentioned with, with Michigan, it's, it's the guard play. They're getting nothing out of Xavier Johnson at this point anymore. He's not, even if you, you, you know, his, his shooting numbers weren't, horrible he was three for nine today um that's not horrible um but just how he runs the offense is not doing and, and I said this after the Indiana Wisconsin game too he's not trying to get their best player good looks all the time you know Jackson Davis obviously teams are always going to try and stop him more than anyone else on that team you, you know eight for 18 today is is an all right day at the office for him but you got to try and put your guys in play in places to succeed and whether that's 
trying to pass guys like Miller, Copper, Parker, Stewart open for for good shots. Um, but they're not even taking. They're not even getting. They're not getting looks. They're not. It's not that they're just missing good looks. It's that they're not getting the looks. And you know, Rob Finnessy has clearly never been the answer for Indiana at point guard either. So I, you know, once they once they have to have these guys make more plays in games against better teams, they're they're going to be in trouble. Um, I mean, and you know, also credit credit to Penn State. They came out with with a good plan. They they kind of forced Xavier Johnson to make plays, um, and they hit their shots when it mattered, especially down the stretch. Um, you know, you've got Seth Lundy and, and Pickett hitting clutch threes. And overall, like a pretty, pretty balanced game. They had, I think, three double figure scores. But the biggest question for me with with this Indiana team is they just don't seem to have much court awareness. I mean, they, they were in the bonus, I think, with 10 minutes left in the game and just settled for so many terrible shots. Like you, you have in a close game like that, you have to attack the basket when you're in, when you're in the bonus with so much time left. And I just I don't know what it is, but they weren't doing that. So, you know, I think, uh, again, new coach, um, a lot of transfers, they're still figuring everything out there. They, they did a lot of dirty work kind of early to, to get them in a position where they could, you know, potentially make a run at a tournament bid with a strong conference season. We'll we'll see. Um, we'll see if they can right the ship here and and kind of get a, a couple more conference wins to get things turned in the right direction. The final game of the Sunday slate here was, I think, you know, everyone definitely expected a a gritty tight grinder of a game and, or, or, uh, excuse me, a barn burner in, uh, in, uh, in Lincoln between Ohio state and Nebraska, um, game went into overtime. Um, uh, I think Nebraska has looked far and away the worst of any team in the big 10 to start off the year. Um, they, you know, they muscled up against Ohio state, um, rendered EJ Liddell pretty effective. He only had 10 points on two 14 shooting, um, but Branham scored 35. He was on fire today for the Buckeyes, um, which kind of kept them in it. Um, and, and they got a couple of big shots down the stretch from Jamari Wheeler. Kyle Young was out for Ohio State today, which I think also kind of contributed to um, why they maybe struggled a little bit. Um, from my perspective, watching this game, Nebraska was a little bit more in control, which I know we kind of talked about. But. In seeing this result, is this more a, a concern for Ohio State or more of a sign of good things to come for Nebraska? Um, you know, I, this was also uh, just, you, you know, this is Ohio State's first game, I believe, in 22 days uh, on the road. And, you know, obviously winter break games are usually more subdued, but uh, the 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 bank was getting getting pretty rowdy. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a lot for, for them to be thrown into. Um I have to say, I, I I think all all credit to Fred Hoiberg for really an excellent defensive game plan, uh, which is something I probably never expected myself to say uh, about this Nebraska team. But they they went out of their way to really just take away EJ Liddell and, and Zed Key, and Liddell shot two for 14 from the field. Key only took five shots, and they made they made Ohio State's guards beat beat them. And you know, Branham. I would be very surprised if that's uh, not the best game he ever plays in Ohio State uniform, not to take anything away, but, you know, 13 for 19 from the floor, 35 points is is a real, real hell of a game uh, for, for a young guy like that. And the other thing that was really interesting was that Alonzo Verge wasn't on the court for the last 10 minutes of the game plus overtime. And, you know, it, it looked it really looked like Bryce McGowan's was uh, was running the show and he had, you know, 18 points, 19 shots, but 
it shows they trust him, and that's how this team is gonna gonna be successful. I think Kobe Kobe Webster also play and and C J Welcher were playing uh, a lot down the stretch as well. Um, you know, Nebraska left a bunch of points on the table at the end by missing a bunch of free throws, but and you know, I think a lot of basketball fans will tell you there's no such thing as a as a moral victory, but I really liked what I saw at Nebraska tonight. Just Ohio State has the has the the talent. Yeah, and just on the on the Alonzo Verge comment, I mean, yeah, I, I think Kobe Webster kind of played all of his minutes. Yeah, I, you watched them when Verge was running the show. I mean, it was just a one-on-one kind of yeah. like it was just someone playing pickup ball there. Um, I I don't know that that's sustainable for them. I mean, he's an explosive one-on-one player, and there will be a, a place for him. But I think um, he he'll need to rein himself in a little bit if he wants legitimate minutes. And they went with the kind of experience there in Webster in this game. I would expect that to continue. Um and if they're kind of in close games kind of coming up here. Um okay, so now an exciting kind of day one of twenty twenty two for the Big Ten. Um we expect nothing less of uh both the week ahead and you know what will come in the coming weeks. Um got a loaded slate here of of these week week one games of twenty twenty two. So what we're gonna do is give you just kind of a one or two sentence um, headliner of what to expect in, in all the games that are coming up this week. Um, and, and Brett and I will kind of switch off in the way we do that, but um, we're going to give this a shot for the last 10 minutes or so here um, before we let you go. Um, so starting off on Monday, um, Brett, two, two really, really important games. Wisconsin heads to West Lafayette to play Purdue um, and, and Maryland goes to Iowa in what's a, a gettable game for both teams there. Um, what are your headlines for those two games? Yeah, so for Wisconsin-Purdue, I'm looking to see if if Wisconsin remembers how to play defense. I mean, it's already going to be an issue containing Jaden Ivey, and they don't really have the size to deal with Trayvon Williams or Zach Eady to say nothing of both of them. So I'm I'm you know I'm looking to see how how at least you know are the defensive rotations sharp? Are you know are guys getting where they're supposed to be? Um, closing out on shooters, and then just kind of seeing if, if they can take advantage of Purdue's semi-vulnerable per- perimeter defense. Um, and Purdue, I'm just looking to see if they can keep rolling if I'm a Boilermakers fan, um, against a, a team that is, you know, at least known for its def- for its defense. So I think it'll be an interesting game. Wisconsin doesn't have a lot of history at Mackey. Um, sorry, that was a, a little long there, but, uh, then Maryland, Iowa, um, you know, I just keep the, is this Iowa team for real? Um, and can Maryland, if, if this, if Maryland can squeeze out a win here, then their season's back on track. If not, it has a risk of kind of falling off the rails. So then Tuesday we've got Michigan Rutgers and Illinois Minnesota. Steve, what are you what are you looking for there? Yeah, so Michigan Rutgers, I think early early gut check game for both teams there. Um, if you're a Rutgers fan, kind of a must win for you at home there against kind of a vulnerable um, and scuffling Michigan team. On the flip side, if you're Michigan and you, this is this is a game you can't lose. If I mean Michigan, they've avoided bad losses. Um, for the most part, but this would be kind of their first really, really bad loss. So, you know, got to find a way if you want any shot at making the tournament. So this Illinois Minnesota game, um, I believe is a rescheduled game due to COVID. Um, this, this is actually, I mean, Illinois is um, trending up and I would expect them to win, but I think they're going to be really excited at the barn for this. Um, you know, it's just a surprise, you know, year one season under their <laughs> under their new coach this year. Um, I would look for a rowdy environment and I'd look for a close game down the stretch. Like we've seen in the games this, this Sunday here. 
All right, Wednesday, two more uh, games. So Nebraska, off their tough loss, heads to East Lansing. And then Penn State, Northwestern. Um, Brett, what are your thoughts on those two games? Yeah, so I mean, I think this this win over Indiana was really huge for Penn State as a program, kind of trying to develop an identity under Micah Shrewsbury. So, you know, Northwestern is still a team that's, it's a, it'd, it'd be a pretty respectable win, especially on the road where Northwestern can get, get pretty scrappy. Uh, for Northwestern, I'm looking for a bounce back, um, kind of continue the offensive balance and uh, really try and just force Penn State into into a bunch of errors and, and continue continue some really, really solid defense that Northwestern has been playing for the most part this season. Um, Nebraska, again, you just kind of want to see a, a continuation from from tonight where they're kind of figuring out their rotations and and moving the ball better and and uh, just looking a little bit more calm and, and like a basketball team uh, and Michigan State just keep it rolling. I mean, they're, they're getting Gabe Brown is, is really, really kind of becoming the face of this team right now. Um, so I'd look for him to continue his run of, of hot shooting and also just more continuity. They also look like they're kind of hitting their stride at the right time. We have uh, a triple header on Thursday. We've got Ohio state, Indiana, we've got Maryland at Illinois, and then we have Iowa going to the Cole center. So what do you, what do you like about those games, Steve? Okay. So Ohio state and Indiana, Ohio State's been effective on the road and effective in close games, kind of as we found out tonight. Um, this Indiana and their home crowds are, are going to have to will this to be, I think, a close game for them. Uh, they know the formula. Trace Jackson Davis is going to have to have a big game. Their shooters are going to have to you know, make enough threes for this to be a competitive game. Um, but Ohio State just has a – they have a moxie to them this year where they just find ways to win. Um, and you know, against a scuffling Indiana team, I, I'd expect them to do the same behind E.J. Liddell, you know, Zed Key and the the typical cast of characters. Jimbari Wheeler, you know, filling in as a nice kind of third role, um, big mm-hmm. shot guy for them as well. Uh, Maryland at Illinois. So this would be Illinois' second game in three days. So I'd expect dead legs from that perspective there. We don't really know the identity of this Maryland team, right? I still kind of uh, uh, getting used to their new coach. Um and but but they have some veterans, right? Like Ayala's kind of um, kind of shouldered the the load of being the the go-to guy here. Fats Russell stepped up at, at points and, and played really well from them. This is a game that I, I think also could be close, just because you know Illinois is going to be coming off a tough game at the barn two days later. So I'd actually I would I would actually of Maryland's two games this week, I think. They're more likely to win this one at Illinois than they are to get the one at Iowa, um, surely because of Illinois' turnaround time. And then um, Iowa-Wisconsin, the nightcap. I mean, talk about a battle of, like, wills when it comes to controlling pace. I mean, I think if this game's in the 70s or above, Iowa probably wins. If this game's below 70s for each team, I think Wisconsin wins. So I think, Brett, you voiced concerns about their defense early on. To start um this will be the the test of that um and it'll also be kind of the test of these two kind of unexpected um unexpectedly good teams uh, we'll see how much desperation iowa plays with you know off to that they probably had the toughest schedule of anyone in the conference to start the year um we'll see how desperate they come out and and if they can get kind of a, a gritty road win here where they're really going to have to speed wisconsin up um and then kind of flipping to saturday so Michigan State and Michigan. So 
I mean, this could not come at a worse time, I think, for the Wolverines. Brett, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll flip this to you in a second, but just one kind of key here. Michigan State could have the opportunity to go to 5-0 and in this game in the conference, which I think would be huge for them. We also have Purdue and Penn State and Nebraska Rutgers. What are, what are you looking for in these games? Yeah, so uh, obviously the the the, the uh, top billing of that of the day is Michigan Michigan State, huge in-state rivalry. Um, it would be an emotional game for both teams. Um, but you know you're looking at Michigan State's third game in six days, or third game in six or seven days. Um, so I think you know how they how they handle themselves. Uh, or wait, no. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, how they handle like if they can kind of take care of business and start resting guys at Nebraska. Um, that would be huge for just kind of their prep for, for Saturday. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they handle guarding Hunter Dickinson. Um, they, they, you know, their big guys have been effective this year, but they, I would guess that they don't really, I mean, they don't really have the bulk to contain Dickinson if he really wants to kind of get going. Um, but as always, the, the question is going to be Michigan supporting cast and, and guard play. If they can really kind of take the wings, if, if Caleb Houston can kind of find his shot, and Michigan State again, just keep kind of getting diverse sources of, of offense. Um, you know, it it really looks like they're clicking as a team, and it you know Tyson Walker's kind of settled down a little bit, Hagard has kind of settled down a little bit, and that's when this team's at their best. So um, Purdue Penn State, this has all the makings of a of a trap game again for for Purdue if they let it. It kind of if they let Penn State hang around. Um, I don't really anticipate Harer giving. Uh, uh, Travion or, or Zach Eady any problems defensive like you know while they're on while Purdue's on offense um and I you know if Purdue's able to kind of get to the basket and and hit their shots there's no way for Penn State to keep up offensively but you know if Penn State can kind of control the tempo and slow the game down weird things happen at the Bryce Bryce Jordan Center and uh this would just be the latest in a long list if Penn State were to take them down um, Nebraska, Nebraska Rutgers, this is truly a must win game for, for Rutgers. If they really want to kind of get their season even remotely close to the track again. Um, and you know, I think at this point for Nebraska, it's pretty much every time out, it's just looking to build on kind of looking like a remotely competent basketball team like they did tonight against Ohio state. Um, and then we finish up with next Sunday. So we've got Northwestern at Ohio state. Wisconsin traveling to Maryland and then Minnesota going to uh, Bloomington. So, okay. Northwestern heading to Columbus. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to find out, I think whether Northwestern's for real earlier in the week, you know, if they take care of business at home against Penn state. Um, But if assuming they do that and they can take the momentum from hanging with Michigan state, beating Penn state, and then going to Ohio state, I think that'll have, taking they'll taking care of all the state schools um at that at that point in the big 10 but um again you know ohio state sometimes plays down to their competition again as you mentioned you know they played their first game in 22 days um uh today and then they're set for three games and three games in seven day stretch you know um so they, they could be a little bit draggy here um we'll 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 see you know if northwestern's gonna have to find ways to get you know unexpected wins um if they're you know gonna prove to the committee that they're deserving of a bid um this seems like one that they might be able to get if they're for real so i'd look for us to find out a lot about northwestern um here Um, wisconsin maryland this uh this this should be one that wisconsin should win um i i I just i think uh you know I, i think it'll be it'll be tough going to maryland 
Um, but this this is the like we still don't know a lot about like how Maryland's organized on defense and like you know the place they play with and stuff. We know they have players that can make big time shots. I mean, we know that you know Wisconsin's also going to be coming off of a stretch where I believe they play three games in six days. You know, so everyone's going to be on tired legs. This should be one that that Wisconsin wins there. Um, and then Indiana, Minnesota, I, I think kind of kind of like we've talked earlier about Indiana. I mean, th- this 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 has to be the game that they get right. You know, if they if they write the ship. Um, but to be completely honest, I think Minnesota is a little bit too explosive for them. Um, and if if you look at, you know, the realistic prospect of them, you know, having dropped the Penn State game, they drop another home game to Ohio State, you know, and, and then they drop this one exactly with what we let in here about things coming off the rails in Bloomington. I mean, we, we could be sitting here next week talking about, you know, was Woodson the, the right guy for the job? So um, I don't want to be too depressing for all the Indiana faithful out there. But um, I think there's a re- very realistic possibility that they're staring at an 0-3 start to 2022 um, and at the bottom of the, the conference standings. Um, and on that note, you know, with just the slew of games that are kind of packed here into these first seven days of the the calendar, you know, we will have kind of a, a, a conference hierarchy, I think, that we'll be able to sort through next week. So look forward to us, you know, doing a little bit more of a high level dive into that. Um, and, and man, as you can tell with the slate that we have here, I mean, we're really in the thick of conference season where we, we think we know, you know, which teams are maybe better than expected, which teams are underperforming expectations, but, um, you know, still a lot to sort out with the hierarchy. It doesn't really feel like there's any game that, you know, you know, for sure going in, who's going to win beforehand. Um, so I think a lot of excitement um, to be had um, here to the start of conference season. Brett, any last thoughts you want to share with the folks out there on the state of the conference? No, I think, I think, like you said, it's a good point that once, once we get through this week, we'll kind of each team will have about five conference games and we'll be able to really kind of figure out not quite the contenders from the pretenders, so to speak, but who has a realistic shot uh, at, at tournament and then conference championship. So I'm excited. It's going to be a great week of basketball and I cannot wait. All right, guys, we'll, we're going to sign off here in a second. Um, thank you for tuning into us as always. We'll be with you again um, next Sunday to recap the week that was and, and talk about the week that's upcoming. Before we go, though, for those of you that have uh, questions, comments, or want your voice heard, Brett, tell the people what they need to do. Oh, man, I really thought you were going to take that unassisted there. Uh, yeah, we're, can, you can send us an email at uh, big10hoopsweekly at gmail.com and you know if you uh if you'd like us to talk about about uh your your business or your venture or anything like that uh you know we might we might be able to set something up for you so uh let us know and we will see you next time